Hi everyone and welcome to Official Charts Take The Hit, a podcast where we get to know music artists a little better as they face questions themed around the UK's best-selling singles of all time. This week's guest is British producer, songwriter and DJ Jonas Blue. Now, Jonas first appeared on the Official Singles Chart in 2016 when his debut single, which was a dance reworking of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, reached number two on the Official Singles Chart. So far, he's racked up nine top 40 singles, most recently with Rita Ora and Tiesto collaboration, Ritual. And when we recorded this episode a couple of weeks ago with Janus, uh, it was currently hovering outside the top 40, which is why you'll hear it's eight top 40 singles in the episode. With the singles chart a more competitive arena than ever before, I wanted to ask Jonas about how he keeps up with that competition and also just to find out how fame has changed his life given how quickly he's found success. Let's have a listen. Jonas Blue, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. We're having a lovely day in London and we're cooped up in... In a very dark room. Dark yes. Room. We're at your management office, is that right? Uh, so this is basically my PR, yeah. Uh, do they take care of you? Take good care of you? Take really good care of me. <laughs> put me in dark rooms on podcast recordings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> Are you ready to play Take the Hit? I'm ready. Good. So just to quickly explain, uh, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Yeah. And they are themed around the UK's best-selling singles of all time. Yeah. Uh, those questions are going to be decided at random through mm-hmm. our random number generator. Yeah. And the, the number that comes up relates to where a song sits on the list. Cool. Which throws up a topic of discussion. Cool. I'm ready. Let's do it. Right. Go for the first one. So, number 135. We're starting with a deep, deep one in the list. Okay. <laughs> 135th best-selling single of all time in the UK is Naughty Boy feat Sam Smith, La La La, which was number one in 2013, which was like quite a while ago now. Okay. I feel like it's a rec- more recent song. Yeah. Still. Um, and it sold 1.08 million copies. Okay. It's quite good. Um, my question based on it is kind of based on the La La La, and it was about kind of songwriting and production that you yep. do. So obviously in about three and a half years since you first appeared on the charts, I suppose, yep. you've Definitely proven pretty good at the whole songwriting production thing. Thank you. Um, just to go through your stats really quickly, you've had eight top 40 singles um, on the official singles chart, which in three and a bit years is really good going. Yeah. Given how slow things have yeah, been these days. It's been amazing. Um, combined sales across everything um, is 6.92 million. And the streaming figure, which, <laughs> which we know is going to be huge, but 808 million streams. Uh, across your tracks, which is huge number. Um, I don't actually know the latest stats, so that's good to know. Yeah, <laughs> I just had a look this morning. Incredible on the on the systems. Um, so obviously you're doing something right. Uh, yeah. what, what do you think are, are the ingredients to the song? Now you've had a, a few kind of hits on the chart. What are you pulling out as kind of key ingredients? Um, well, I think for my for my type of song. Um, especially it's uh, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed that I get to travel the world um, and the benefits of being able to be a DJ and travel the world is you see it massively affects my songwriting in terms of certain lyrics that I put in the songs um, the way the choruses are, are kind of structured um, so for me the key ingredients are to to keep it kind of very simple and keep it universal so I try to look for lyrics you know when I'm in the studio I try and think 
are people in a Brazilian crowd going to understand that lyric if it's the main lyric of the chorus? So, you know, for, for instance, rise. It's the most simple word, yeah. but kind of conveyed in such a, a really cool story that it, although it's simple, it's it's cool and, um, you know, hopefully a timeless song for people. But, um, you know, I just try to look for words that people can relate to and find easy to associate with. So I think that's one of the main ingredients. The other ingredient is that, um, obviously coming from the dance world, um, having that background on house music, other types of dance music, and influencing that into um, the production. So you have this kind of, on one hand, you have this kind of very simplistic but timeless song with a backing of um, dance music that, you know, has, has been dragged from all different genres and influences of, you know, sub-genres within dance music. So I think they're my kind of key ingredients. Yeah. So are you one of those musicians then? Because some find it hard to find inspiration on the road, whereas yeah. it seems like your inspiration comes from being on the road. Yeah, I, I kind of write very differently these days. So I'm not someone who sits in the studio every day writing. Um, I actually kind of write very rarely now. Um, and and the, the great thing with that is kind of taking all these kind of bits of inspiration and then probably, you know, a few months before I need to release a song, I'll just go into the studio and just let all those kind of inspirations and emotions out and uh, and get a song down right and I feel that for me is more beneficial than slogging away every single I mean I can't even do that anymore anyway but sitting in a studio every day is just, it's just it, that just doesn't work for me anymore does it vary for you then when you when you're making a song does some come really quickly does some take ages to get pulled together um if, if it takes ages to pull together then it's not the one right um it has to come it has to be that that spark of magic, and um, and you know you have to get this the butterflies feeling. You know I always go back to say fast car and that feeling that I got when I heard the instrumental. Once I made it, it was just like a goosebumps moment. I try to look for that every single time, and you know there are days where it doesn't happen. Um, you know, and it's it's weird. I, I feel like the songs are kind of they come to you and they come out of you on that day and it's you know it's, it's a magic moment it doesn't always happen but yeah I, I work better under pressure hence why I don't work all year long writing songs was there any songs before Fast Car um, that you made where you got that feeling do you remember kind of the early um a little bit a little bit you know I did I did get that feeling but I, Something happened when I made Fast Car. I, I felt it. It was, you know, there was definitely a change about to happen. Um, and yeah, I, I could really feel it. Yeah, for sure. Shall we go again? Yeah. So we've got number five now. So the fifth best-selling single of all time in the UK. Yeah. Is uh, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. You're the one that I want. Great song. Great song. Classic. Uh, number one for nine weeks in 1978. Massive number one. Good year. Uh, and sold 2.8 million copies. Wow. My question is, um, obviously you're a frequent collaborator, as producer, songwriter, DJs are. Uh, what was, uh, who's the sort of one you want to work with who you haven't been able to yet? Sean Mendes. Okay. Straight out the gate. Yeah. So um, I've spoken to him a couple of times. Um, time 
is not on our side. Um, yeah, yeah. He's very busy. I'm very busy, but he knows I'm a huge fan. He's uh, he he actually became a fan when I made Perfect Strangers because uh, I think him and JP had a kind of relationship, you know, in terms of the music. They both loved each other's music, and uh, it kind of stemmed from there. And then when he heard Perfect Strangers, he was very much inspired and enjoyed that song. And then yeah, I've spoken to him a few times and. Um, I would love to, to work on something with him. You know, I think my sound mixed with the great artist that he is, a musician, I think that we can make something, an, you know, an amazing record. And I've been in with uh, one of his songwriters, uh, Scott Harris, and uh, we wrote a song on my album called Come Through. And um, yeah, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. I'd love that one. I think I can imagine it working. Yeah, me too. you both are quite comfortable with stepping out of, you don't have like necessarily a specific sound. Yeah, um, yeah particularly Sean recently, has been a lot more kind of experimenting different sounds yeah, definitely. Senorita and definitely. stuff. Um, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. You you have worked with a lot of more kind of up-and-coming singers mm. um, who's, who all kind of have un- undeniably like unique voices. Mm. Is the voice part more important than the, the person, celebrity part? Uh, half and half, um, for sure. Um, you know, it, it it all kind of started where, you know, when I made Fast Car, I, could, I couldn't get anyone to sing, you know, any anyone that was famous, I couldn't get them to sing my songs. They, they were just like, you know, who are you? Um, but when I met Dakota, you know, she had this incredible voice. And what I didn't realise back then is that, you know, I had an ear for finding new talent. Um, and, and it became a thing, you know, finding new talent that would go on to do amazing things, you know. J.P. Cooper, Ray, William Zinge, Jack and Jack, you know, all these amazing artists have gone on to amazing things, you know, they're on the same lineups as me now, doing their own own, own stuff, so, which is incredible, you know, it became a thing, and then, you know, as my career's gone on, working with people like Liam Payne, and Joe Jonas, and Jesse Reyes, you know, it's, it's incredible, and it's, um, it's, it's definitely about the balance, though, for me, I like having the new talent and established. Yeah, I was going to say, because you've got, obviously you're currently working a bit of a two-single yeah. approach at the moment, just to yeah. make yourself even busier. Yeah. Um, so you've got uh, What I Like About You with Teresa Wreck. Yeah. And then, and then the we've Tiesta got Rita and Tiesta, yeah. Um, and obviously as you mentioned you worked with Liam before. With the bigger artists, does that complicate things in terms of teams? Not necessarily those artists, but... Um, you know, t- working with those teams of bigger artists they're harder to get to yeah, pin down for time and yeah I think yeah I think time is the biggest issue you know a lot of these artists are usually in like album or single cycles and it's you know you just got to find that little moment where they've got a bit of free time and not on tour and up for doing a collab um, it's yeah it's difficult to sometimes find that which also fits with my schedule because then you know I've got yeah. I've got things going on as well so um, yeah, time is definitely the biggest factor. Obviously, when you're established as well, you have, you do have a big team, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen which uh, like to have their input, which yes. is slightly annoying as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, we get there in the end. But that's part, of, you know, part and parcel exactly. of having a, an established act. Yeah, I I, I remember a story the other, the other day about Zed's the middle. Yeah, which. Um, did you see this where it had like he tried like 12 different I did, yeah. singers before is that it was people like Charlie XX and Camila Cabello and stuff yeah. were is that actually quite common to try lots of different people on a track or uh, as, really? as established as that probably not unless you're you know Calvin or Zed I, th- I think if you're you know if you've had 
it, for the for the for the small amounts of people you could get away with doing it. Um, but you know, if 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 you know someone established was to sing my record and it didn't sound good, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, it has to. Cause that's not what it's about. It's not just you know. And people know if something's false because it looks good on paper rather than what it sounds like. You know, you you can engineer a lot of stuff these days, but essentially it does just come down to a, a great song. You know, you can't force that. So um, as long as it sounds good, then I'll run with it. Yeah, you can uh, be doing them a favor either if you put it. No, exactly. It so crap. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if you can shed some light on something for me, which yes. is crediting yes. artists. So it seems to have got more confusing than ever. Yeah. Um, there's feet featuring there's and there's sometimes there's like a, an X yeah <laughs> how does that get worked out is that just decided by it, them or the artist no it's decided by the streaming platforms so it's it's uh, if you're if you're a brand new artist you can generally um, keep it as a feature which is essentially what it should be yeah but, all kind but, of but we run into things now where if you're down as a feature on certain platforms, it won't show up on your artist page. I see, right. Oh, it's um, just a technical thing. It's a technical thing which they call primary artist, um, and yeah, it's slightly more about that now. Um, so I think on, I think on the Tiesto one, it's like Tiesto X Jonas Blue, yes yeah. Rita Ora. It's like yeah, it's slightly political, but it doesn't make any difference basically. Right. Yeah. God, is there a thing of having to keep up with those platforms? And because they're they're still kind of evolving. Yeah, um, they're changing every day, and it's like you know, I I was very lucky that when it, it was weird when Fast Car came about, that was at the start of the streaming revolution, and that's that's always been part of my world. You know, I was never part of the world before where it was kind of. Um, you know, physic, physical based or, or, you know, I was part of, I've always been part of the streaming revolution, you know, whether it was yeah. streaming or iTunes before that, you know, I've yeah. always been part of that. So um, I'm very lucky that I was, you know, managed to catch the wave, just sort of how people like Calvin Harris caught the MySpace wave and yeah, exactly. caught the attraction of people at the labels. I definitely remember Fast Car being a song that kind of set the tone for things like music on streaming really for kind of music that's more for everyone yeah well it did it did amazing things because it what, what what happened was is I'm a British artist but it broke in Australia first and only streaming Got good taste. yeah <laughs> I mean only only streaming could allow that to happen these yeah. days and then it kind of worked its way back to the UK um, so yeah I'm, I'm I'm very lucky and very blessed to be part of this revolution but it is changing constantly yeah How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Number 45. It's the 45th bestseller in the UK of all time is Daft Punk, Feet Pharrell, Ooh. Get Lucky. Um, undeniably a good song, right? I mean, <laughs> that was a pretty timeless song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bit of a wedding disco song now, yeah. but, you know, nonetheless still great. Yeah. Uh, it was number one for four weeks in 2011 and has 1.29 million sales. Do you want to hear a fun fact? Oh, yeah. Definitely. So I used to help... Um, my dad who used to film weddings and bar mitzvahs and I always used to say if you have your songs played at a wedding or a bar mitzvah that's when you know you've made it it's so true it's so true it's trickled and down to actual general public yeah yeah it, in, yeah in, in yeah in the in the best form possible and uh, yeah I always said that that would that would be the case so yeah I've heard I've heard my my songs at a couple of weddings. Um, my question is about kind of getting lucky, but not in that way. Okay. About your <laughs> lucky break. Uh, what did you did you think you had a lucky break, or was it actually just lots of hard work? Did, was there a moment where it kind of tipped the balance, and you were like, okay, this is happening now? It was both. You know, I'd, I'd, I've been working every single day on my career since I was eleven years old. Um, eleven. Yeah, I've been I've Ooh. been I've been producing music since I was eleven years old. So. It's been a long time, and I've been grafting away with this guy sitting opposite me, uh, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we've we've been doing it for years. But it, it definitely there was, like I said, when I made Fast Car, it felt different. There was a feeling that happened, and it, you know, that that three minutes twelve changed my life, um, and yeah, it, it was part lucky as well. And then you, you have luck. And then after luck, you've got to have consistency. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, that, and, and, and that was, you know, the second follow-up was a risk, you know, going with something like, you know, because everyone, everyone said copy Fast Car. Of course, But then yeah. I went with Perfect Strangers, which was like this big uh, brass-type dance track with J.P. Cooper singing over it, which was, you know, completely different to Fast Car on a risk. And then that worked. And then following that up, and it was just yeah. Now here we are, like X amount of singles and an album down the line. It's uh, slightly different now, but the pressure is still just as much. Did you did you mention earlier that um, you had the instrumental before yeah. the first car? How did you know to put those two together? <laughs> well, I th- what it was is that I knew that I wanted to do a version. I've always wanted to do a version of Fast Car, and um, there was no acapella available with Tracy Chapman right so it was just you know I, I, I can make music and hear you know someone singing it in my head so, you know it doesn't matter if it's not there on the track um, but yeah I had the instrumental finished before I even had the vocals and then I met Dakota in a bar and she recorded the vocals and 
yeah, that's how that one happened. Mm. Nice. What was your kind of first big gig then? Do you remember that? Yeah, my, my first... Where people are coming to the shows. And... Yeah, my first big gig was I just had Fast Car. Uh, it was it was the number one record in Australia at the time. And uh, it had then gone over to Mexico. And I had my first proper gig in Mexico at the Azteca Stadium for about 90,000 people. Whoa. Yeah, that was, okay. that was my first first gig as, as Jonas Blue. No pressure. No pressure. That. And only one song. And kind of given your experience of how it kind of happened, I mean, I suppose there's there's moments in time and you, mm. you were... There's elements of being in the right place, right time, but is there advice you'd give to people as well of how to get going in the industry? Yeah, I, you know, I think people always said to me, you know, find your own sound, be you. Best bit of advice I can give is that before you do that, just copy everyone. Copy everyone, and then that will morph into your own sound. Right. You know, because I always had this, you know, why can't I find my own sound? Why do I sound like this person? Why do I sound like that person? It's because you can't just find, you know, some people are lucky and they have a style straight away and it's, it's totally original, it's totally them. But, you know, part of the learning process for me was, you know, Max Martin said it's still from the best, copy from the best. And that was that was what I was doing in my earlier years. You know, I was, I was just doing that and then, like I said, it, it starts morphing into your own sound because you think, I like that, but I want it to be like this because yeah. like, this is how I want to hear it. And you start changing stuff and things start becoming your own because of that. And then you develop a sound after that. So that's one thing I would say is, is develop your own sound. But first of all, copy from the best, steal from the best, and then it goes into your own. Nice, because were you a self-taught producer? Yeah. For the most, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I mean... Best way to learn, isn't it? It is. I mean, you do. Yeah, you do break a lot of rules by doing that. You know, it's probably you you know, I I did stuff in the earlier years that were probably not correct or not right in in terms of how you make music. But that's how you learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Let's go again. Number seventy-four. So seventy-four is LMFAO Party Rock Anthem. Remember that one? <laughs> I used to play that every week. I probably had to play that about four times a night when that came out in a bar that I used to play at in, in Bank. Yeah, I used to it's have like, like... It's definitely a bar in Bank. So. Yeah, I used to have like rich city men ask me. I used to get paid a lot of money to play that song. I'd get yeah, good tips. I'd get like 50 quids and 20 quids to just keep playing that. I remember Drake's Hotline Bling, I got £100 to keep playing that on repeat for an hour. I didn't know that you, you could get tipped for playing a certain song. Yeah. That's the good piece you of advice. You wouldn't tell your boss that, though. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> but you uh, take the tip. Yeah. Uh, DJing in bank or in any city yeah. is the way to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it was number one for four weeks in 2011, and it sold 1.2 million copies. Um, my question is about partying. So, What's that? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, do you get a chance to do much, or are you just the person hosting the party? Um, I, I pick and choose my moments. Okay. So there's there's a couple of couple of times a year, um, it probably starts off in March in Miami, which is the, uh, it's called the Winter Music Conference, but it's the time when Ultra um, Miami happens and things like that, so. I only see photos from that and it looks crazy. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, so yeah, that's kind of one of the, you do Ultra um, and then you kind of let off some steam at uh, some pool parties and, and have some fun. That's probably the first part of the year and then in the middle part of the year, Ibiza, which is also my birthday, which is in August. So it's generally, yeah, 
let some steam off them as well. Nice. Yeah. Like you've got them sectioned off. Yeah, I think you've got yeah, you've got to have your sections, otherwise it just ends up as like every week and that's yeah. not good. Do you remember the last really good night out you had? Yeah. And what happened? Two nights ago. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I was in Ibiza. Um, oh, what amazing. happened? Um, actually, do you know what? Probably the week before that in Ibiza, I missed my flight. Oh, no. Yeah, it's never, it, well, it's always a good night, but a bad sign when you miss your flight. That was probably a good one. But um, yeah, just seeing friends. It's the start of the season in Ibiza and it's it's lethal, you know. Everyone, <laughs> everyone wants to have drinks and go out for food and go clubbing. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And kind of on the opposite side, how do you unwind? Because you're constantly, if you're kind of doing these big nights. Yeah. They're quite noisy. Yeah. So how do you kind of cool down from that? Um, I just spend time at home, to be honest, and I'll do things like watch Come Dine With Me with some beans on toast and a classic. And that's generally how I wind down or just see family. Just in a bed? That TV show? Not really. I'm more oh. of like a I'm more of a, an old school, I'll be like Only Fools and Horses or or even like a Netflix series. Nice. That's that's nice. It. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's go again. One hundred and twenty-four. It's a big number. It is the hundred twenty-fourth best-selling single in the UK of all time. Is Rihanna Diamonds? Wow. Uh, number one in two thousand eleven. One point one one million copies sold. Um, I think this is still a really good song. It's a classic song. And it's a primary surprise everyone when it came out because she came out with a ballad for the lead single from an album. Yeah. And was like what? Yeah, that was an incredible song. I mean, made by two of my idols, Stargate and Benny Blanco, written by Sia. I mean, it's... uh, And and the mad thing is, the inspiration behind that was Toto's Africa. Was it? Yeah, if you listen to to the intro and listen to Toto's Africa, it's basically a rip-off of that. Kind of a mid-tempo banger. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, but do you know what? It was... That was kind of similar to Fast Car because it was slightly slower really emotional but with this kind of 4-4 four, four back in and it's like it takes you into a different realm it's, it's weird but yeah I remember hearing that and you still listen to it now it's incredible it's time, mm. that's a timeless record that is you want to see his best actually it's my question about <laughs> kind of about diamonds it's about um, the most kind of expensive like, high ticket item you've splurged on for yourself or for somebody else uh, I mean everyone says a house I definitely spent a lot of money on that. Houses are expensive. Uh, second to that would probably be my Ferrari. Oh wow, okay. That'd be, that'd be the, pri- the pricey one as well. Yeah. Did you, you must have felt a real sense of like accomplishment when you could buy that, right? You know, every time I sit in the car suit, I kiss the horse. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I kiss the horse. Is that a bit sad? Well, is it for good luck? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Let's say it's good luck, but yeah, I'm just like I just look at the horse. I'm just like, it's amazing. You you mentioned the house. Yes. Um, I did see a photo of your swimming pool, mm. which has your logo in it. It does. That is pretty swish. Yeah, it was it was my dad's idea. My so I had the whole pool retiled, and my dad said, "Oh, you, you know, you can't get it without putting your name in it." And I was like, "Oh." Well, not really, like, I don't really <laughs> want to do that. And then he was like, you have to do it. It's going to be such a big feature for the house. And then and then we did it. Yes, it looks listen cool. To, listen to that. Looks looks really good, but 
is it not a slight kind of signal to overhead flight planes and stuff coming in? Oh, there he is. That's true. I, I have to do Google Maps actually and just check if it actually comes yeah. up. Yeah, oh, well, I didn't do that. I... Satellite. It'll probably see me laying in the pool. <laughs> Shall we go for another? Yeah, let's do it. Hundred and twenty-two. So the hundred twenty-second best-selling single is Shane Ward. That's my goal. Really? Uh, number one in two thousand and five was the Christmas number one, obviously. X Factor winner single. One point one one million copies sold. Just a little bit under Rihanna. My question is about goals. Yeah. Believe it or not, um, you've already achieved a lot in quite a short space of time. Yeah. I'm guessing some goals, some things have been ticked off, some milestones. Is there, what are the next few? Have you got them in your head? Um, for me, career goals, like you said, you know, being able to achieve so much in such a short space of time, for me, the biggest pressure is, is, is being consistent with, you know, the kind of, the, the, you know, the way the records work around the world, you know, having that pressure every time to fulfill that same thing is it's very difficult. So for me, my biggest goal is just being able to, you know, keep making music that I love and feel passionate about and to be consistent, you know, I, I want to be, I want to be around a long time and I want to be the soundtrack to people's lives, you know, I really mm. do, just like, just like my idols have people like Max Martin, you know, throughout the years always been the soundtrack to my life in, in some way or another, so, you know, I get messages all the time, people saying to me, you know, that was a song at our wedding or we walked down the aisle to that or, you know, this was our baby's favourite song, you know, that for me is, is is the most incredible feeling in the world when you've written a song that translates and means something to people, that's incredible. So to keep doing that is my biggest goal. Um, materialistic things, probably a couple more houses. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> um, um, yeah, that would, that would be it for me. And, to, and good health for all my friends and family. You're very good at um, particularly soundtracking summer moments. Yeah. You did mention as well that people have people kind of have songs at weddings or yeah. whatever. Christmas. I think it's time that it's you time. Have a Christmas song <laughs> and got a Christmas number it's, one. Yeah. Uh, why not? Because that really lives on. I just like look at like you know Mariah's all I want for Christmas is you you know just looking how much of you know how that is such a staple Christmas record, but in the kind of in the later years and how, yeah. how that still works so well in such a such a great song so you know definitely trying to look at something more like that but <laughs> maybe with a little summer winter twist and the final thing I want to ask about new music yes so obviously there's a couple of tracks out at the moment mm-hmm. so what's the plan next well the plan have um, you got your next single lined up the next single I'm going to do is going to be a club record um, and this is this is something me you know something I've wanted to do go back to my roots of making club music and you know because that's what I used to do so um, yeah I have a club record with me doing a kind of singy chant on it and it'll be the first record that I've ever done that nice. I'm the world's worst singer but I've managed to get away with it on this song so <laughs> that's going to be the next one which comes out in hopefully July and then looking to release a single at the end of summer. So it's just about finding the right songs for the right people, right time as well. Can't be, you know, something forced and in a time when I'm so busy. So yeah, definitely looking at a couple of bits. And I'm involved in a new girl group called Four of Diamonds. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I really love them and I'm trying to help them 
really, you know, smash it with their career as well. They so. just supported Rita Ora on tour, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're amazing. And, you know, it's definitely time for a new girl group. Yes. Um, James Blue, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thanks for playing Take the Hit. Thank you. Thanks very much, Jonas, or Guy, to use his real name. I'm never sure what to call artists in that situation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe and give us a rating if you did. You might want to check out some of our recent Take The Hit episodes with Adam Lambert, or perhaps Danny Jones from McFly, or Louise Redknapp. Remember, you can also keep up with Official Charts online at officialcharts.com, where, among loads of things, you can keep an eye on the UK's weekly singles and albums charts, as heard on BBC Radio 1.